Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is on the air. Your host, Nathan Wilson, with Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, is excited about providing information every gardener and non-gardener, homeowner, and apartment dweller can use. From vegetables to containers and compost to pruning shears, Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is here for you. Now here's Nathan. Well, gang, we are nearing the end, not of the program today, we're just starting, but we're nearing the end of 2021. In just two weeks' time, we will be experiencing the last day of this year. But in just a week's time, we will be celebrating with our loved ones. Maybe some will be traveling. Maybe others will stay at home. Maybe we'll go down the street if your family and friends live nearby. We'll be celebrating Christmas. And it seems like this year just started. That's right, gang. We've already gone through week after week of gardening fun here on New Southern Garden. And I'm glad that you have spent every minute with us. If you've happened to miss any of the programs from this year or previous years, previous years past... <laughs> sort of redundant you can find every episode of new southern garden online at newsoutherngarden.com now of course we are live here on saturday mornings at 10 a.m on your hometown radio wrwh 93.9 fm and if you will be traveling this year if you will be out and about spreading the holiday cheer late this year then you can listen to all the great programming back at home right here in the beautiful city of Cleveland, Georgia. You can listen live to all the great programs on WRWH at TuneIn, the TuneIn app. It's really easy. It's basically online radio. As long as you have Wi-Fi access or uh, data plan access, LTE, whatever, 5, 700G they're up to now, if you've got internet access you can listen to WRWH on the TuneIn app and I like to remind you about the TuneIn app particularly during the holiday season the holiday season and the summertime because I know that you'll be out and about traveling and you probably don't want to miss a second of what is going on back at home so check out the TuneIn app it's a free application I think they have some uh, paid options, but you can get started for free and listen to your favorite station, WRWH, right, well, anywhere. It's, it'll be in your pocket. You can listen to it anywhere. Well, we're glad that you are joining us here for New Southern Garden, of course. We are nearing Christmas, as I've already mentioned, but I probably don't have to tell you that. And, uh, you know, it's this time of year where you've got about a week left, and there are people in your life who you probably have not uh, purchased a gift for. Now, you know, uh, sometimes uh, gifts aren't necessary. But if there's someone who is really important and you, uh, maybe they helped you a lot this year, uh, maybe they're just close to you, well, you may want to give them a gift. And sometimes for that gardener friend in your life, the one who is, you know, 
like the rest of us, crazy about plants and crazy about growing things, whether it blooms or produces some tasty fruit. We like to grow it. And for the gardener friend in your life, I thought that I would give you um, a list of ideas today. Those last minute shopping trips, what is something that you can get this person that is meaningful, but also something that is useful uh, in their, their hobby of gardening? What can we get them? So we've got a gardener's Christmas list wish today. Uh, several things from tools to books and magazines and even plants. The things that gardeners need the most are plants. <laughs> so we'll be talking about a list of things and giving you ideas uh, for things that you can purchase and gift. I think that uh, if you know someone is really interested in gardening, then giving them something they can use in their landscape, in their vegetable garden, wherever, uh, or something that they can uh, use, like a book that gives them inspiration and ideas, it will mean a lot to them because that sort of shows that you're thinking about the things they like. You know, in today's world, it's very easy. It's very easy to give electronics and all the new latest technology, and I know a lot of kids these days like that. And it can be helpful, and, uh, you know, for people who like it, they like it. But for those of us who work outside in the landscape, working outside in our vegetable beds or flower beds, giving something that correlates, that corresponds with that love of the earth and the soil, I think can uh, leave a big impression. And of course, uh, being Christmas, it's a season of Thanksgiving as well. We should always give thanks. So maybe it's just a way of giving thanks to one of those people who are very important and special and you absolutely love them. They are in your life for a reason. So that's going to be the topic of today's discussion, of course, is going to be all about the gardener's Christmas wish list. Now, if you happen to um, have some problem in your landscape, I do want to remind you, and I'm not sure, let's see, so I, I suppose the uh, New Year's Eve show will do our Q&A week. We will do our Q&A week. That will be the last Q&A week for this year, which I just can't believe it's already here. Uh, but if you've got a question or something happening in your landscape, we want to help you here at New Southern Garden. We want to be your source uh, for uh, researched information that's going to help you solve your problems. And I appreciate all of those, all of you folks who have uh, sent us a question this year. Some of you have sent it to the contact us page at NewSouthernGarden.com and others have contacted us through Facebook and Instagram. All you have to do is search New Southern Garden on your Facebook uh, application or Instagram app and you can follow us, like us, uh, whatever the lingo is, and you can send us pictures that way or videos. As a matter of fact, sometimes we can't always show videos, but uh, some folks will send us videos of their garden. Nothing's wrong. Nothing's going on. Uh, but it's great to see the kinds of things that you are doing in your landscape. And so if you've got something you're proud of this time of year, maybe uh, I noticed that my hellebores were starting to produce buds right at the base of the plant. With a hellebore, the flower comes right at the base, and uh, you can see those nice flower buds. They're not open yet. But as they grow and mature and reach into the air, they open. And so that is something that I'm proud of. I, I planted some hellebores out here at our new place last year, oh, just shortly after we moved in. And they're still young plants. They're not full and flushed. There are a few stems here and there. 
But I'm proud of those plants because they're doing well. They look happy. They're very healthy, and they're trying to start setting their buds, trying to push out of the earth right now. And so if you got something that you're proud of or excited about, you can always share that with us on the social medias, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, that's usually where you'll find us. So I do want to just remind you, if you've got a question, that episode, our Q&A week, is going to be coming up soon. That'll be happening at the end of this month. And of course, that will also be the end of this year exactly on the date of the last day of the year. So let's go ahead and get started talking about the gardener's Christmas wish list. Now, like I've already said, people who are in gardening, you know, those crazy plant people, we do enjoy a good gift for the landscape or something that correlates with our uh, passion for gardening. And I think one of the first places we can start when we're thinking about that individual who needs something for their garden or to give them inspiration are tools. Tools are, make a great gift. Usually they're in a nice budgetable range. You know, you don't have to spend several hundred dollars. <laughs> if you just want a small gift for someone, you can find tools for probably around 50 or less and um, they can really be helpful. To the individual who will be using them. So the very first tool that I would like to talk about, and I have mentioned this on programs past, but uh, when we, the, the, first, the initial thought when we go into the landscape to dig a hole, say we're going to plant a tree, we're going to plant a shrub, well we've got to dig a hole in the earth, we've got to sever uh, the structure of the soil in order to get those plants roots into the ground. Well the very first tool we think of is a shovel. And everybody probably has a shovel. But there is a better tool for digging, particularly in our clay-based soils. You know, our clay-based soils are very heavy. They may be rock-hard at times. And how do we penetrate the earth uh, with a, f whether it's a, a flat shovel or a shovel that has a, a tip to it, uh, a round shovel? Those shovels, you know, they hit the earth, they hit our clay soils, and they sort of ricochet, bounce right off of it. But there is something called a digging fork. A digging fork. Now, most of the times when we talk about forks, we think of pitchforks. And pitchforks have very thin tines, uh, which of course are very helpful when you're either turning compost or maybe you're uh, spreading straw of some kind and you can uh, stick those tines through that material and it will pick them up in a large heap. Uh, but those pitchforks are not made for digging. They have very thin tines, like I said, very thin uh, strips of metal. But a digging fork... When you're looking for a digging fork, you are looking for something that looks like a, uh, a pitchfork. But the tines, the metal teeth on the digging fork are very flat. They're very flat and broad and quite thick. Now, the digging fork, the way it works is that because there are spaces in between the sharp tines, uh, that allows you to wiggle and push and wiggle and push and break up clay soil much better than something that is uh, flat like a shovel. So if you are looking to get creative for a loved one and maybe they always complain, maybe they always complain about the rock hard soil that they have in their landscape and in their garden, then definitely a digging fork is a way to go. And you can find digging forks at uh, maybe some of your local garden centers, but of course at the box stores. And then there are the, uh, you know, small hardware stores that may be around. 
As a matter of fact, I have gotten my digging forks from our local Ace Hardware. It's the Ace Hardware brand. And to be honest, they are very nice, very good. And they seem like nice quality. So I think that would be a very good gift to give to a gardener, particularly your gardening friend who always complains about tough soil. Now, the other, and maybe maybe it's quite obvious, the other kind of uh, tool that most of your gardener friends will need from time to time, season after season really, is pruning shears. And I'm going to say, if you go for pruning shears, go for a good pair, a quality pair of pruning shears. As in most things in life, not not all pruning shears are the same. And you can find very uh, cheap quality pruning shears that they break easy, they stick easy, they don't uh, spring back. You know, if you've ever thought about that, when you're pruning something, it's very nice for that pruning shear to open up as soon as your hand opens. So you squeeze to make the pruning cut, and you open your hand, and if it doesn't spring back, that's very annoying. So you can find pruning shears all over the place, of course, from any range. I have bought an $8 pair of pruning shears before, and they lasted me maybe eight minutes. So pruning shears can get kind of pricey in that $50 range. And of course, maybe 60 maybe even more. Uh, but the higher you go, the better quality you get. Now, when you're out there looking for certain brands, um, I'm always going to start with Corona. Corona is the brand of a uh, pruning shear company. They, they make all kinds of pruning implements, actually, and, and other tools. But Corona is what we use at Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, where you can find me throughout the week. When we, do, when we do our pruning, we are pruning with Corona pruning shears, and they have lasted us for many years already. There's another brand called Felco. Felco makes uh, very similar quality. Uh, but between those two, and there are a few others, you can find a nice quality pruning shear. Don't be expecting to pay just 8 or $10. <laughs> it seems like that would be the good price for a pruning shear, but actually, if you're looking into the uh, oh, 40s, 50s, that is probably going to be a good pruning shear. And again, those two brands are Corona and Felco. I, we don't have, they, we don't sponsor, the, I mean, they don't sponsor this show or anything. Those are just pruning shears that are dependable and do last for a long time. Now, we're, we are we are going to have to go to a break Uh, But after the break, I still want to talk about pruning. And this tool that I'm going to suggest uh, may seem a bit like a construction tool. But this particular tool, I have good applications for in the garden, in the landscape. And uh, you probably get one for maybe 100 or, or less. So when we get back, more garden gift ideas for those garden friends. Hang on tight. Hey gang, do you sometimes feel like you are riding a lonely trail while gardening, all alone with no one to join in the fun? Well, join the new Southern Garden community today and find peace of mind by sharing your experiences, whether they be poor ones or successful ones. New Southern Garden is on Facebook and Instagram, so I'd love for you to friend, follow, like, share whatever it is we're doing these days. Also, you can check out our website at NewSouthernGarden.com where you can not only find every episode of the show ever, but you can also send us a question via our Contact Us page. It's never fun gardening alone. So get social with the New Southern Garden family and let's grow well. 
All right, gang, so we're at that time of year, Christmas, and today on New Southern Garden, we are talking about the gardener's Christmas wish list. Now, you know that particular person in your life. Maybe it's a gardening friend. Maybe y'all go to plant sales together. Maybe y'all weed each other's beds together. I don't know. But you've got that loved one who is all about plants. Hey, maybe it's yourself. Maybe this year you need to get yourself something to use in the garden. Well, so far today we have talked about some tool ideas, cool tool ideas. We've talked about digging forks, which are very helpful when busting up the red clay that we deal with here in the South. And also we've talked about a good pair, a good pair, a quality pair of pruning shears because not all pruning shears are built the same. A good pair like Corona or Felco that's what the professionals use and uh hey we're not getting sponsorship from them i just like the product and it's very reliable and their quality now before the break i did uh start to talk about another printing tool which actually usually <laughs> it's used in like building homes and destroying things <laughs> it's a reciprocating saw a reciprocating saw now this is not really a dangerous tool but it does have an exposed sharp edge so the saw blade itself sticks out of the front and you hold it sort of like a gun in a way uh, it's got a little trigger on it that turn the saw on and off and there are usually safety features involved but not just a reciprocating saw you would want to get your gardener friend a battery operated reciprocating saw sometimes people call them sawzall which is a company a brand uh, but there are many different brands out there I wouldn't say one's better than the other. I'm not sure, but I have a particular kind that's been reliable, dependable. The battery lasts for a long time, and uh, sometimes you can get a set of reciprocating saw that comes with a battery and a battery charger. Sometimes those battery chargers and batteries are sold separately. So don't forget the battery uh, and battery charger. Now, the reason that I say to go for a reciprocating saw uh, that has a battery power is because uh, most reciprocating saws are, you plug them into an outlet, you plug them into the wall. But if you're out in the landscape, you don't want to run hundreds of feet of extension cord when you're pruning plants. And so be sure to look for those battery-powered ones because they're the ones that you can take anywhere and turn on no matter how far away from an electrical outlet you are. Now, with that being said, why would I even recommend a reciprocating saw? So reciprocating saw has come in handy uh, for me for larger pruning jobs. Now, we're not going to be cutting uh, four-inch branches down with these. It's not a chainsaw by any means. But it is a quick and fast being battery-powered. You don't have to worry about gasoline. You don't have to crank it up and prime it and add oil and all of that. A reciprocating saw can be used for maybe two inches or so uh, diameter branches. So that pruning job that a hand pruner just can't do. Uh, usually this kind of pruning job, we would use a, a saw, an actual saw, a manual saw, a pruning saw. But a reciprocating saw can help to uh, speed up your pruning time. But again, we're using this particularly on branches that are maybe two inches in diameter at most. You might get away with larger, but you got to be careful because you will be cutting the tree at a close proximity. So when something falls, never use this saw above your head. Use it to where the, the, the branch will fall on the ground without hurting you uh, or someone nearby. Now, um, 
I have just found that the reciprocating saws do come in handy when a pruning shear just can't do it, and I don't want to go to the extra effort of using a hand pruning saw, a manual powered. If the uh, branch is quite large, those manual powered saws do wear your arms out. So I think that as a Christmas gift, a reciprocating saw is a pretty good idea. And I think that uh, your loved one will enjoy it uh, because it will save them time and effort. And being battery-powered, rechargeable batteries, uh, it can last for a very long time. So reciprocating saws, sawzall, some people call them, uh, they do come in handy in the landscape world. The other great benefit about reciprocating saws, well, I should mention you have to buy the, the blades. You have to buy the actual saw and the saw blades. So you probably want to throw that in as part of the gift, but be looking for the pruning there is actually some brands that produce these saw blades just for pruning. They have very large teeth, so they're able to remove large pieces of wood from the branch in one or two passes. Uh, you know, this, this particular saw can also be used to uh, cut lumber uh, with a certain blade, and then there's other blades that are used for metal, so you can cut nails out of walls and not have to worry about pulling the nails, so that it does come in handy in a lot of applications. But if you get the pruning saw blades for your reciprocating saw, then you can use a, a powered saw in the landscape, battery powered, and doesn't take much effort or energy. Now, the last tool that I want to talk about uh, it's not really a tool at all, <laughs> uh, but it's something to help you carry your tools. It's either a, a tool belt, something that wraps around your waist, or a tool apron, or a, just a gardening apron with pockets. Now, the reason that I mention this is because I have found them to be very helpful and handy. Before I bought a, a tool belt to carry my pruning shears around in or a trowel or whatever else you're taking out into the, into the landscape, if you're going to be staking your tomatoes in the summer as they grow, you need somewhere to put those ties and having extra pockets is handy. Now, particularly when you're carrying a tool into the landscape with you, uh, of course, I do that at the nursery all the time. We go into the uh, onto the nursery yards to do pruning, and usually what I what I used to do is I put my nice Corona pruning shears, my quality pruning shears, in my back pocket. Well, the work pants that I have, they're they're not very thick. They're great to uh, wear in the summertime because they dry quickly um, and they keep you cool. But the pocket on on the back pocket where I put my pruning shears is it's not that thick of a material like a jean would be. So these sharp, the sharp end, the cutting end of my pruning shear would poke a hole through my back pocket. And I'd be walking, and then all of a sudden, the pruning shears have fallen out because the hole has just gotten bigger and larger. Um, I don't like to put my pruning shears in my pocket nose up or cutting end up because it sort of hurts me. If I sit down and forget they're in my pocket, they'll stab me in the back. So I always put them uh, nose down, cutting end down, and that sharp end on the end, that pointy nose, just popped a hole through. So if you are looking to give your gardening friend, loved one, something to protect their pockets 
and also give them the ability to carry lots of things at one time. Yeah, we'll look like a pack mule out there with our pruning shears and our zip, our, our uh, ties to tie up our plants and whatever else we can fit in there, but it will come in very handy, and I think they would appreciate it. You know, aprons are nice, too, because the apron, of course, will cover your clothes at the nursery. Uh, when I'm working with the plants, of course, there's soil around, there's dirt on my hands, there's soil on my hands, there's all kinds of things that get you dirty, and you can ruin a lot of shirts that way. Uh, so you can help your loved one protect their gardening outfit, protect their gardening clothes, if you will, uh, their uniform, <laughs> by giving them an apron. And if that apron has multiple pockets on the front of it, then even all the better. So a tool belt to carry your tools around in to save your pockets so they don't puncture holes and to keep you safe. Because I will say that if you forget you have that pair of pruning shears in your back pocket when you sit down, it doesn't feel very good. Sitting on that heavy metal does not feel very good. And so aprons or tool belts, I think, would be a wonderful gift that would be very much appreciated. So again... Tools that you can give your gardener friend that will come in handy is that digging fork. Digging fork has those wide tines, thick metal blades. They puncture the clay soil and help to break it up. Uh, shovels are actually not that ideal for our clay soil because they ricochet off of hard surfaces. But the digging forks can pierce through the soil with that air gap in between, can work your way into the soil and help soften it. And then, of course, a good pair of pruning shears, a reciprocating saw is not a bad idea at all because you can do heavier pruning jobs with that. And then, of course, you've got the tool belt or the apron. All of those things can come in very handy. Well, gang, we're going to a quick break, but when we get back, we're going to talk about other gifts, books, magazines, and of course, plants that you can give to your loved one. Hang on tight. We'll be right back. Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is on the air. Your host, Nathan Wilson, with Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, is excited about providing information every gardener and non-gardener, homeowner, and apartment dweller can use. From vegetables to containers and compost to pruning shears, Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is here for you. Now here's Nathan. We are nearing Christmas, and of course, we are today talking about the Gardener's Christmas Wish List, I like, I like to call it. Now, I was thinking back that I don't think we did this last year. We didn't have a Christmas Wish List episode. I think it was a couple of years ago. And I will confess that I have repeated some of those ideas from a couple of years ago on today's show, mainly because I believe in them. We talked about that digging fork. Not many people use a digging fork, and you may get laughed at when, you, when you're using it. I've gotten laughed at uh, when I use it in the landscape because not many people use them. They use a shovel. But if they knew how easy it was to use a digging fork to penetrate this hard clay soil, then they may not laugh so hard. Particularly one of my landscape buddies who we do a lot of work with. He, he does most of the labor. I do the design work, get the plants, but I'll help him dig some holes. And he laughs when I bring my digging fork out. But it's so easy. It, well, I shouldn't say it's so easy. It's easier than using a shovel. Well, gang, of course, the Gardener's Christmas wish list continues. And if you want to check back 
a couple of years ago for our initial Gardener's Christmas wish list. I think it was probably 2019. You can find that episode online at NewSouthernGarden.com. And while you're there, you might as well leave a question on the Contact Us page or go to Facebook and Instagram and give us a question because at the end of this month, which will surprisingly be the end of the year we will be answering your questions it's your questions our answers our q a week will be just around the corner after christmas has passed so be sure to do all that at newsoutherngarden.com now we've talked about tools that you can give to your gardener friend that loved one who loves to garden just like you do and a tool is not a bad idea but what about inspiration you know sometimes especially over winter We just don't want to get out in the cold, even though it's the best time to plant. We should. (laughs) We don't want to get outside, but we want to enjoy the warmth of the indoors, maybe have a cup of coffee or hot chocolate or whatever. And sitting down with a good gardening book or magazine can give you inspiration and ideas for those, you know, barren sections of your landscape or those overgrown weedy sections. Looking at, uh, at ideas of what other people are doing not a bad idea. So I've got a few books and magazines to talk about that you might be able to give to your loved one as a Christmas uh, Christmas gift, especially that gardener friend. So the very first one that I want to mention is one that's new to me. I had seen it on Amazon. You know, the thing about shopping on Amazon is once you buy something, they always send you sort of advertisements for similar products. So buy a gardening book And then the next time I go on Amazon, a whole list of other gardening books pop up. So I did find this one through Amazon. It's called The Spirit of Place. The Spirit of Place, The Making of a New England Garden by Bill Noble. Now you may be wondering, Nathan, this is New Southern Garden. Your show is New Southern Garden. Why are we talking about New England gardens? Well, you know, gardening happens all over the world. And when you find some great photographs, some good stories and information about how a garden was started, uh, the beginnings of it, and then the evolution of it, the growing of it, no matter if it comes out of the Northeast or the West Coast uh, or somewhere around the globe, I think we can still take ideas and inspirations from it. So uh, looking through, reading through the spirit of place has been enjoyable, um, Again, The Making of a New England Garden by Bill Noble. He was a, uh, actually was a professional gardener. He gardened up in New England, but he purchased his, uh, his current residence, and it was an old place with you know uh, some pasture and some old trees. And he takes you through the phases and the steps that he took to build his garden. And of course, that comes with trials and tribulations. Just like you may be experiencing. Do plants die? Yes, they do. So you can see how he overcame that and and his ideas and his own inspiration, where he came from, uh, the kind of style that he uses. It may or may not be your style, but you might be able to gleam, or your loved one who you gift the book to, might be able to gleam some ideas for your own space. It's it could be a nice coffee table book. It's not just photographs. There are, you know, great uh, stories in there and information that you read. But the pictures, you know, these gardening books these days can be quite uh, inspirational by just the photographs. And so it's a great combination of words and images to give you an idea of how this individual, Bill Noble, created the spirit of place. And remember, that is the place to start when you're gardening. 
The point of gardening is to create a sense of place that when you walk in uh, to this area, whether it's around a patio, around a pool, uh, maybe it's a formal garden you wanted to create, uh, maybe it's a tropical garden or tropical-ish garden because we're not quite tropical here, but you can create that sense of a tropical garden with the plants you choose. And so whenever you start a new landscape, uh, whenever you, you want to do uh, create a new garden, you want to always think about creating a sense of place that when you're there, you're actually there. I always use the analogy about Walt Disney World. You know, uh, where Walt Disney World is positioned is on a swamp in central Florida. <laughs> Wonderful place, right? But when you go to Walt Disney World, you don't think you're in a swamp. You think you're in, you know, Epcot has all of the little villages from around the world. It's got the USA. It's got Mexico. It's got, you know, different uh, sections. And every little section, they've created a sense of place. You may actually feel like you're in Mexico when you're at the Mexico exhibit. Or you go to the Animal Kingdom. And, you know, they've got, yes, man-made features. But they also have plants that are appropriate to make you feel like you're in a Sahara Desert looking at zebra. Uh, maybe in a South American jungle looking at some kind of monkey. I don't know what all animals they have out there now, but they've created a sense of place. So the spirit of place, the making of a New England garden by Bill Noble, good uh, book for inspiration on creating your own garden and learning from trials and tribulations of another gardener. Now, I always have to throw in a book by Monty Don. Monty Don is an Englishman, of course. Uh, he's not from here. He's, he lives, grows, uh, and has television shows in, about gardening in England. Uh, but he's put out a new book. I think it came out earlier this year. It's called My Garden World. Of course, I had my copy uh, pre-ordered, and it finally showed up. But My Garden World by Monty Don, is, it, it's one of those books that takes you through month by month, the gardening year. So in this case, of course, it's a different place. It's a different world altogether in England, uh, but there's a lot of similarities. And in My Garden World by Monty Don, he talks more, he does talk about plants and gardening, okay? But the idea of the world is he also talks about the creatures and the critters that come out, the birds, uh, the maybe even rodents that <laughs> come in and use his place as a refuge. And so with all that in mind, it may trigger us to think by reading what he is doing in his book, uh, each month the certain birds come in and they feed on this plant or they harbor and, 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 and nest in this one over here. It may stimulate us to think about not just the plants in our garden, but our gardens as a small world, a small world where other creatures and other inhabitants are there as well. Yes, the plants are important, and he discusses those, as always, in his books. But it will sort of get you to thinking about watching the birds. When do the cardinals do their thing? When do the robins come by? When do the goldfinches swing in? Now, of course, the uh, wildlife he talks about, we don't necessarily have the same creatures but we can use his book as inspiration to begin thinking and maybe documenting uh, what 
the critters in our landscape are doing. Yes, around here, that comes with a deer. There are a lot of things you can do to deter deer from your landscape, but one of the most important things is to monitor them. Know the kind of herd you have in your landscape. Know what they're eating, because I have found that particularly with deer, uh, they are uh, very hurdle in mentality, and one herd can be complete, act completely different than another. Some people will say, oh, in my landscape, they eat a certain plant, and another person said, no, they never touch that plant. And so knowing your deer, monitoring where they're moving, because they're creatures of habit, they take the same paths pretty much every time. So putting something in their way, uh, particularly a plant they don't like, like uh, anise, our native anise smells like licorice, and they don't like that. But doing, doing the monitoring of your deer is another very important thing uh, to, to use in a defense against them. And I think that uh, reading through My Garden World by Monty Don may give you some ideas on how to uh, locate and watch and observe the critters that are happening in your landscape. Now, those are a couple of books, but magazines are a great thing because nowadays, I guess for a long time, you've been, you, you are able to gift a magazine subscription. So for about the price of a gift, maybe between $25 to $50. Sometimes they're a little more than that. Uh, But you can give an entire year worth of magazines, gardening magazines, to your loved one. And it's not just, it's one of those gifts that keeps on giving. Sure, they can open up a pair of printing shears and enjoy them year after year. Uh, But every month, or whenever the publication is produced, quarterly, whatever, they'll be getting in their mailbox a magazine to enjoy. And usually, because they're sent out monthly, there will be ideas and tips and inspiration and whatnot within those pages month after month after month, all through the growing season. So a couple of magazines that I would like to recommend to you, uh, I recommended this one before, it's probably one of the classiest magazines, one of the most gorgeous. The photography is stunning. The articles are stunning. Uh, This magazine is called Gardens Illustrated. Gardens Illustrated. It's an oversized magazine, so it looks good on a on a countertop or or on a coffee table. It's impressive. It's not a small little publication like the uh, uh, Better Homes and Gardens, which I'm not saying is a bad thing, but usually Better Homes and Gardens has a lot of homes and little gardens. (laughs) But anyhow, um, so Gardens Illustrated is just about gardens. Sometimes there are articles about specific plants and they will detail the different types of those specific plants. So you get a lot of information that way. And there's always an article two or three in uh, in each edition that focuses on a certain person and their garden. So there's photographs of their home and their garden, and then there's uh, information and interviews in there about what they're doing, the plants they're doing, the, the uh, growing, the ideas and inspiration they have, where did all that come from, and so it can be quite, uh, quite detailed. Now, with that being said, um, there's on the other end of things. There's a magazine, which I have mentioned before, but I still think it would be make a great gift for Christmas. It's called Green Prince Magazine. And if I'm not mistaken, that is produced in North Carolina. It's not necessarily a, a Southern thing, but I would say a lot of the writers in there probably are Southern, so it's more local to our area. Now, it's a small little magazine. It's more like a reader, if you will. So you do have the situation where 
uh, green prints. It, it's it, yes, there'll be discussion about individual plants and things, but it's more about story. So it's very nice to read through. It's like reading a series of short stories. The writers in the uh, green prints, they they write about you know the people and the places and things that happened. There was a great uh, story in the green prints one time about a uh, plant nurseryman. So I could relate to that. Uh, who was talking about? He gave plants away for free to children. He gave plants away to uh, for free to children, and years later, those children came up to him and said, because you gave us a free plant when our parents shopped here, we went into horticulture. We went into gardening. It exposed us to other things other than, you know, math, science, history, whatnot. There's all that in gardening, but they were more involved in growing things. So good little stories that will definitely inspire and give you a reason to uh, continue gardening. So Green Prince Magazine, when we get back, we've got more Christmas gift ideas for your gardening friend. Hang on tight. Stories I'm told come to life. Hey gang, it's Nathan. Thanks so much for listening to the New Southern Garden Podcast. Of course, I love providing you with horticultural information to get you growing and growing well. But sometimes you need more than just information. You need plants. So I'd love for you to join me at Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, where you can find me throughout the week. But you can find more than just me, of course. (laughs) At Lanier Nursery and Gardens, you can browse through our wide selection of ornamental trees, glorious shrubs, and colorful perennials and annuals. And I want to thank all our listeners who have already made the trek to Lanier Nursery. It's been a pleasure to meet you and hear your gardening stories. We've got a wonderful crew of folks who are just itching to help you grow your best garden ever. So check out LanierNurseryGardens.com for more information and be sure to like us on Facebook and Instagram. Now let's get growing together. Well, my goodness, gang, today's show has just flown by pretty much like this entire year. I can't believe we're nearing the end of the year. And of course, we are today being near the end of the year, almost, well, it's exactly a week before Christmas. We're talking about Christmas uh, gift ideas for gardeners, a gardener's Christmas wish list, things that I would recommend you look into for that gardening friend. There's somebody out there who maybe you pull weeds with or go to plant sales with. Well, you got to get them something unique and special. Well, particularly because y'all are so close, you know. Uh, and that means that uh, this will be a gift that you've thought about. Uh, don't tell them that the idea came from me. It's no problem. It was all your idea. But we've talked about tools today for the gardener. We've talked about books and magazines to give education and inspiration. I don't think there's a gardener out there who doesn't like to read about gardening because in this business, we're always having to learn more, learn more about the plants we're growing, learn more about how to use the plants we're growing, etc. And so that leaves us with actually plants. Plants make great gifts, particularly for gardeners. I would not buy a plant for someone who doesn't like to dig holes uh, I wouldn't give them that for Christmas. But for those of, of us who don't mind digging a hole and adding a new member to our garden family, <laughs> plants are like people, right? You're supposed to talk to them. I talk to my plants. <laughs> but uh, giving a, a new member to that garden would be a good idea. So uh, before we get into some specific plants, I would almost say that if, um, 
or I'd like to say, that if there's a loved one out there, family or friend, who lost a member of their family, who lost a loved one this year, in 2021, then giving them a tree, giving them a shrub, something that's unusual, something that's different, something that is memorable, is not a bad idea. Because it could be that you gift that uh, Christmas present with the indication that this gift is for in memory of that loved one who you who lost. If someone's like me, and of course my mother passed away in August of this year, then planting something in their memory the year that they passed away is not a bad idea because that plant will begin growing in your space, in your garden, uh, from the moment or from that year they passed away. And it will continue to grow and live, hopefully, forever, or at least beyond us. So, doesn't you don't have to give a gift. To, you don't have to just give a plant to someone who lost a member of the family. You could, lost, you, you could give a gift to anybody, any gardener. Again, somebody who likes to dig holes. So, what are some great plants uh, that would be worthy of being a Christmas gift? Well, the, the very first thing is to talk about trees, you know, and it's not a bad idea if you're going to memorialize someone who may have passed away to plant a tree because trees last for a very long time. Uh, if they're well cared for and, you know, most trees that we use aren't going to have many uh, upkeep, to not much upkeep to worry about. So the very first one that we may think of is Japanese maple. Now, Japanese maple is sort of a Cadillac of trees, if you will. They do have a higher price tag, but they're really easy to grow. And as long as it's planted over the fall or winter, this time of year, it's no problem. You can get them in the ground and get them growing. That really goes with all plants. They won't need very much uh, service at all. Uh, But speaking of service, service berry is not a bad idea. Service berry is a native plant. Uh, service berry blooms, you know, Japanese maples, they do bloom, but you can't really even see their blossoms. You won't even know they were there till the seed pods come on later in the year. But service berry is a great blooming tree. Uh, it will have white blooms in the spring. I talk about service berry all the time. I just love it. Beautiful blue-green foliage in the summer and then awesome, awesome fall color. You probably can't beat the fall color. It's orange, yellow, red, all modeled together on every leaf. That's service berry. Now, of course, dogwoods are a good idea, but I've talked about dogwoods in the past, and dogwoods tend to, uh, our native dogwoods, they, they tend to suffer these days. Uh, it's just things have changed, and there are some diseases that came in with the Chinese dogwoods, so we may have to shift more towards the Kusa dogwoods, or there is a very cool one that we carry at the nursery uh, and can special order. It's called An evergreen dogwood. Yes, most dogwoods drop their leaves. But the evergreen dogwood, particularly this one called Bernice, Bernice dogwood, they maintain their leaves all year long. They sort of turn a purple over winter. There'll be some green in there, but they sort of change color, which is a nice nice addition over winter. They keep their leaves. And then they bloom uh, sort of as you get into summer with those nice, white, large blossoms. So Bernice Evergreen Dogwood is a great tree to gift. Now, of course, in the shrub world, we've got things like camellia. And I mentioned camellia because many are blooming right now. And if they're not blooming now, they will bloom soon after Christmas. So you're giving a gift to someone that may have blooms on it, but definitely will have buds and If it's not blooming at Christmas, no big deal. They can enjoy those blooms after the new year. Now, Daphne. 
Daphne is another great plant. I think I talked about it just a couple of weeks ago. Of course, we're fully stocked with Daphne right now, but it's fragrant winter Daphne. That's right. This particular Daphne is going to be super fragrant. Uh, they bloom. Some were starting. They haven't started to open, but they've started swelling. Those buds are about to open right now, some of the plants. But really, they bloom about January, February. And when they open, it is like a fragrance symphony. A fragrance symphony, just beautiful fragrance. It's jasmine-y, it's sweet, it's perfumey, uh, and it carries. It, it permeates the air. You know, some flowers will smell nice, but you've got to get up close. Well, right now, um, with Daphne, when it opens, it will just permeate that garden space. It comes in pink and white, so you've got some good, uh, some good variety. Now, Edgeworthia. I think I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, too. But Edgeworthy is good because it's going to be blooming soon as well. Now, they are uh, deciduous plants. They drop their leaves, but they're little blossoms. I shouldn't say little. It's clusters of little yellow flowers on the tips of the branches. They will bloom a little later in just a few weeks, but they are fragrant as well, and they bloom on these naked stems. So you'll have this nice dome-shaped plant dotted like a blueberry muffin, with yellow flowers all on the top. Very attractive and very unusual. Uh, you don't see them too often. Uh, but garden, a, let's see, a, a, uh, a gardener who really knows plants will probably have one of these. So definitely uh, one of those more unusual plants. Now, in the herbaceous perennial world, talked about trees, talked about shrubs. We're going to talk about perennials that return. Well, I've already mentioned Linton Rose or Hellebore. Of course, that's a winter rose. Some people call it winter rose. They bloom in the winter. They're just about to start like mine at home, but they're evergreen. So you're not just giving your gardener friend a plant, uh, sorry, a plant that just has roots in a pot. No, this plant will have foliage. They're nice, large, hand-shaped leaves, dark green foliage all year long. And then, of course, winter blooming. Now, last but not least, if none of these options sound nice to you or your loved one, or you just can't put your finger on what you want to get them, you can always do gift certificates or gift cards to your local plant nursery. Be sure to do that. I hope your local plant nursery does that, but we do at Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, where you can find me throughout the week. We offer uh, gift cards. And I think that a gift card is a great way to go, especially if you're not exactly sure what that person will want. Let them pick it out themselves. Well, gang, we'll end with a wish you a Merry Christmas. We will see you next week. Uh, but we do hope that you have a good week shopping. And then, of course, next week will be the big day. So I'll go ahead and say Merry Christmas. But next week, we'll talk about, I think, plants of the Bible. Plants of the Bible, just to go in theme with this Christmas season. All right, gang, I'm Nathan Wilson for New Southern Garden, hoping you have a Merry Christmas, but a great week. We'll see you next week. Hey, thanks for joining us for this edition of Nathan Wilson's New Southern Garden Show. If you have a comment about today's program, you can reach out to Nathan by sending an email to grow at LanierNurseryGardens.com. Also get more information at NewSouthernGarden.com. Join us next Saturday on Local News Radio 93.9 FM and AM 1350 for Nathan Wilson's New Southern Garden Show.